Hey, everyone. My name is Michael Kaiser. I'm John Wilson. And I'm Sarah Century. And welcome to another special episode of Make Ours Marvel we call Not Comics. This is our 35th Not Comics special, uh, where we take a time uh, roughly once a month to just kind of sit back and talk about things that are, as it says on the 10, Not Comics, usually movies. In fact, I think they've all been movies, except for the ones that were TV shows very closely related to the movies. Um... Theoretically, we could talk about anything in not comics. We could talk about basket weaving. We could talk about the fantasy series I'm reading. We could talk about Sarah's cats and bunny. Um, oh, yeah. There was a lot of pre-gaming on that one. <laughs> you should have just recorded it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but today, we're going to talk about The Punisher. And you might wonder which Punishers. Punisher? All of The Punishers. All three of so, the movies. So did you guys know that... Ghost Rider came out in 1972 and Blade came out in 1973 and Punisher came out in 1974 and we did that on purpose? We totally, totally did that on, on, <laughs> on all of the purpose. <laughs> yep. That's us paying attention to chronology. <laughs> I feel like Punisher, Blade, and Ghost Rider are somehow related in my brain, but kind of not. They kind, of, kind of are. are. Yeah, like, they're all anti-heroes or yeah, something. Yeah, that kind of vibe of like the... Yeah, the- early Marvel, like early 70s Marvel horror kind of stuff. I feel like mm-hmm. they share a share a zone in Marvel's marketing brain. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The um, Midnight Suns. <laughs> so as we've been doing with these older films, we decided to take all of them and just kind of watch them all together and compare and contrast and talk about all of them. And um, so Dolph Lundgren is the first one. And then oh, what's the guy's name in the second one? Um, Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane in the second one. And Warzone is the third one, and I forget that guy's name. I'd never heard of him before. Ray Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Ray Stevenson. So those are the movies we're going to talk about. So if you haven't watched them, push pause or don't and go watch them. But before that, do you guys? Um, we always kind of start like this, but especially right now when Punisher himself seems to be under heavy scrutiny, thanks to certain people using his symbol for bad reasons. But like. Mm-hmm. Not that he doesn't use a symbol for bad reasons, but uh, sure, yeah. do we like the Punisher, just generally speaking, or have a history with the Punisher, or you know, own every issue of the Punisher, or anything like that? I think this is another one of those characters that I discovered because I <laughs> was watching the animated series of Spider-Man. I think that there oh, might God. be a Punisher Headband Punisher. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember seeing him first there, and... Punisher has never been super my thing. I have read a ton of Punisher comics, though. This is one of those characters that is kind of ubiquitous. You see him, even if you're not necessarily pursuing Punisher comics, it's still a character that will pop up in other people's stories. Especially in the 80s and 90s. And he has really good stories with, like, Spider-Man, Daredevil, all of the heroes, because he's this other side of the vigilanteism, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think there's interesting things about it. I am still not what I would consider maybe a strong Punisher fan, um, but I sometimes like his stories, for sure. Um, I have very little Punisher experience, um, I've known who he was ever since we being a wee lad. Um, I think it might actually have been the marketing for the Dolph Lundgren film that really put him on my um, mm. in my head. And That's right, because I was actually sorry to interrupt, but the actual origin is that I watched the Dolph Lundgren Punisher probably on like TNT up all night and then later watched the Spider-Man animated series. But sorry, go ahead. Uh, but the only, the only Punisher that I've sat down and read was uh, a handful of years ago. Marvel did their um, 75 greatest stories as voted for by the readers. And um, there was a big Punisher story there, like a 12 part maxi series or something. Um, with Steve Dillon art. Mm-hmm. I forget yep. the name of the story mm-hmm. now. Uh, that's Garth the one. Or, yeah. Not, yeah, Garth Ennis. Yeah. Either Garth Ennis or Warren Ellis. Because it is twins. Garth Ennis. Yeah. So that also is. It's the preacher uh, creative team or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. a lot of references from that in the 2004 movie, right? But yes. it's right. really yeah. botched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that and seeing him in Spider-Man stories uh, in later years is all my Punisher, really. So that's kind of going into this with a fresh mind. Well, I've recently learned that I'm the oldest person in this room, so, I, <laughs> so that makes me an 80s child. Um, and he was huge in the 80s. Right. That was probably his biggest 
era. And I was just recently thinking because of this show, I was thinking about Punisher in general. And it's like, wow, I think I liked him way more than I remember, you know, because like that's when those first miniseries came out with Grant and Zach. Um, and they were huge and these big collector's items. And like you couldn't go to any place that had a poster that didn't have a Zek poster with him holding like the giant barrel and the bleeding, you know, target practice or whatever, all mm-hmm. that stuff. And he, he liked Spider-Man and even like, he kind of reminds me of Conan, you know how Conan like for a little while was really popular and had all these different things, magazines and multiple titles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now suddenly no one cares about Conan anymore, but like Punisher had the same thing going on. Um, and I definitely collected some of it. So, but yeah, lately, he hasn't done anything for me. My impression is that he's in my had, life, he was excited. My impression is that he has a harder time holding a, a regular sales title now, but I could be wrong. It seems like at some point they run out of. Uh, well, for one thing, unlike Daredevil or Spider Man or anybody else who never kills their bad guys, reoccurring bad guys for him are not easy because he kills them. <laughs> so outside of Jigsaw, what do you got, right? But then. Yeah. Also, after a while, he also is really more down-to-earth stories, so... Except Cosmic Ghost Rider, right, which except, is Frank Castle's most fun story. <laughs> right, that, or they'll eventually give up and make him a demon, or, yeah. or they'll, they'll turn him to, into a black guy or something, because they've run out of ideas, and, and then next thing you know, the title's over. But for a while, there's, there's definitely, like, arcs of good storytelling here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Now, I would ask... Do y'all have any memories of seeing this first film in the theaters? Except, nope. This film never made it to the theaters. <laughs> Not here. It did everywhere else, apparently. Yeah, something with the distribution. I, I don't know the details, um, but did not. It, it was it was touted and, and bragged about, but it never actually happened. No. So I saw this on video. I could actually visualize um, the den of the house I was living in when oh, this wow. came out on video. Uh, and I don't know why it's not like I have memories of my children's childhood, but <laughs> I can remember the house where I watched the Punisher. So, you know, there's that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. I watched that movie. I'm sure on television, maybe 1 million times. I'm guessing a little bit oh, with wow. the violence edited out <laughs> somewhat. Um, but who knows? Like those, those late night TV shows on cable, you know, in like the nineties were, do you think they edited out the profile of his shadow while he's kneeling there in front of the fire? Or do you think they figured, <laughs> oh, it's just too small to show on the screen. No one will care. Because I, <laughs> I, I saw that this, I, I noticed that the outline on the, on the end, whatever, he's kneeling in front of the fire. And I'm like, really? Are we seeing that? Because they made a really big shot when it showed up in a Batman comic. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that. But he uh, was naked either way. So he they definitely, probably did definitely edit it. was naked <laughs> as an actor, not just a character. <laughs> oh my god doll i don't know when i i know i saw i know uh what house i saw it in i don't know if it was vhs or on tv also i think i've pretty much only seen it at one time but i remember not being impressed but honestly watching these three in a row it might be my favorite one which my favorite weird. my favorite was Warzone. zone um, war zone is the close second yeah and, 2004 way third but yeah uh, really really okay yeah okay yeah but i you know what i liked about this one is like yes the action was super cheeseball but it's also 1989 so they were i think they were trying to be serious which makes it more fun somehow they're going for such a taxi driver vibe right like it's all Mm -hmm. the vermin that live in the city yeah (laughs) all of that i'm the punishment or whatever it plays like an 80s punisher story you would expect to play that's the thing. It's like I, I watched this one and thought this could legit be a comic book or yeah. has been a comic book. Like it, it felt the most punishery to me, or at least a punisher I'd want to read. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought Dolph, I mean, except for the sad part that he never gets to wear the skull on his chest, like I think he pretty much nailed it. Like I don't know. I mean, and the he's, hair dye. He's horrible. That but. hair dye does not work. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You can still see like the splotches on his neck almost or something. You're just like, yeah. Bad at home die kit that you used for this, sir. And also your Dolph Lundgren. I do not buy you with black hair. <laughs> but well, yeah. I, but he had the dead eyes, and I really like. You know, Punisher true. needs the dead eyes. I thought he did a good job with that. I thought he wasn't like, like so monosyllabic that it's boring. Like I don't know. I promise it, I would and not the let business with. Go ahead. 
I'm sorry, I promise I would not let the discussion about Dolph Lundgren go without mentioning his um, his educational background. Mm-hmm. So he has a degree in chemical engineering mm-hmm. and a master's degree in chemical engineering from the University of Sydney. Um, he was got a Fulbright scholarship to MIT and moved to Boston, but he was working as a bodyguard in Sydney, and the woman he was bodyguarding for eventually became his girlfriend, and she was an actress, and he left his uh, potentially highly profitable and very brainy um, education to go follow her into acting. And um, that's when he started becoming an actor and doing stuff. He has uh, a fourth Don Black Belt in Kyokushin, Kyokushin Karate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a European champion. So, yeah, this guy... Um, he's got layers. Yeah, there's a lot. He's like he's like Pi. He has the layers. Yeah, he always seems like a nice person, too. Like, a fairly sincere yeah. person, yeah. as far as, like, you know, beautiful Hollywood people go. Um, uh, yeah, as far as know. his acting, you know, yeah. I don't know. But you know what? what does the Punisher need for acting anyway? Nothing. He really doesn't need much. And a lot of the no. movies that Dolph is in, it's like, I mean, what kind of direction is that guy getting? It's kind of like yeah. criticizing like Megan I Fox mean, and Transformers or something. It's like, well, like, they didn't really give you a lot. So. He's right. scary in Rocky Four. What else do you need? He I will scary. break you. That's it. He's he the only what two movies I've ever seen him in. Punisher and Rocky Four. So what you ever saw I Masters of the Universe? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, gosh, I did. But do I remember it? I think it's burnt out of my brain i'm not watched sure. it one billion times as a kid. <laughs> no that was definitely not a rewatch for me i don't know i watched it so many times oh sounds like another movie we have to cover yep oh dear oh dear i had never even considered the possibility of that happening and now i kind of really want it mm-hmm. okay <laughs> a long time. <laughs> okay um so yeah so what it's it's been a week since I saw these. Um, what was the plot of this one? He that's the thing. They all kind of are like. So what this was one the was plot? two war two warring factions, and then someone kidnaps the kids of one faction, so that faction has Punisher to help him. That's get right. Kids back, and then that guy betrays him in the end, and Punisher ends up killing him, and it's all good. Meanwhile, there's also Lewis Gossett Jr., who's like his best mm-hmm. ex best friend, and there's like this uh, I don't know, can't remember her name, but like a new female <laughs> detective who's in who wants in and on the yes. story and all that. The uh, make me new partner. None of this bored me. Like I was going into this movie thinking I'm going to hate this one. I remember not liking this. This is cheesy. Right. And I actually just was like, I don't know, thoroughly entertained the entire time. It was great. Well, here's the funny thing. Whenever we were mentioning these last time you were listing them out, you said in describing one of them, the one that no one likes or the one that everybody hates. Right. And I went into this trilogy not knowing which one that was. Oh. And I and I still don't. Oh, I meant this one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because yeah. But then I, I posted on Twitter I was watching it and all these people wrote back that they loved it. So I guess maybe I'm the only one who hated it the entire time i don't know no, this has like a definite reputation for being a bad movie for sure critical response is 28 percent, if that matters to anybody mm-hmm. so it's pretty low but i don't know like if you like 80s movies because that's 80s the thing action. it's very 80s and it's very action mm-hmm. but i don't know i just was entertained by all that you can't take it seriously of course but Dolph Lundgren is kind of fun and also has this, like, I'm so over it. I only have the pain, the pain of my life before. And he's just not snapping out of it. And um, I like at least that they're like, yeah, this isn't super healthy. (laughs) Like, he's really struggling. His standing relationships have completely deteriorated. He lives in a weird tunnel. Um, <laughs> he's, got a, uh, he's got a wino. Is that a bad yeah, way to say that? Like a best sh- friend, not best friend, but like Comfort. he's got a uh, microchip that's not named microchip, basically. Yeah, exactly. What's that guy's name? I forget. He's actually a person. I looked him up because his that dude's performance was so kind of comical to me. I actually looked him up, and he's like a famous dude in Australia or something. Of course, yeah, and just uh, starring in the Punisher. His, yeah. Um, because why not? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think Lundgren's. I don't know if he's acting or if he just happens to have natural dead eyes. I think maybe the latter because every yeah. movie I've ever seen him and he looks like he's got dead eyes. But that really works for the Punisher, and I really like that scene in particular where like where his friend Louis Gossett Jr. is like in his face yelling at him and stuff, and he's just like not giving a nothing. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked that too because I was like, that really, you get why that guy is just totally snapped and like lost his patience with this guy because he still isn't doing anything. Yeah. Like, it's like yelling at someone who just does not care. Yeah. It, you're just wasting your breath. Mm-hmm. But then maybe he cares a little bit at the end. And, you know, I, I wish I knew the names. I'm looking at the cast and it's like, I don't remember the names to look up what their names are, but like the head of the. The one, the white mafia and the head of the Asian mafia were both awesome. I thought. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely could have done without a bunch of the like anti-Japanese racism <laughs> like through this whole thing. Like oh, she pops up and it's like a pan flute and like oh yeah, <laughs> she, she's yeah. kidnapping children and being that's like true. super super dragon lady like true. the whole time. So that's pretty intense. But also, I was like cool like at the beginning yeah. she's pretty yeah. cool she shows up and just like shows these guys all that she is not taking any guff for, from them for whatsoever mm-hmm. cliches they had she also was the batter of the the batter ass of the two yeah in terms of, <laughs> yeah, in terms yeah. of outsmarting people and ruining their day you can't totally. say worse ass because that doesn't mean the same thing. the worse ass the batter ass the batter ass yes yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked and hated that character for sure because mm-hmm. it was like these are all really terrible stereotypes, but also, yeah, that actor she truly, it. truly was good in the role. And yeah, yeah. she was she was great. I wanted her to stick around. She definitely had an unceremonious end, but I suppose that we could have end. We could have known. Oh, oh, yeah. She just got like, yeah. oh my god, that last fight in the whole building, like, yeah, if you like Kinda over cool. the top crazy fighting like that was good stuff All it really it. was kind of cool yeah it I, was, right? I was like this is not about it's not as bad as i thought it was going to be because once again they use like all of this like orientalist imagery and stuff and they're like here's the paper wall and <laughs> like all of right. that which is all kind of it's just you know gunning down person after person after person and they're all japanese and it's just okay yeah but then also it's like the, there was some hand-to-hand fighting and Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. It's just like mass. I can't slaughter. remember. There was one fight in particular. Now I can't remember who it was with, but like, where it took him a while to beat the guy. Mm-hmm. There like, was what? good parts to the fight scene. I thought that like oh, that nice last fight. twenty minutes. That's just him like raiding the place mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, they had to. They had to make it be at least a little bit strong. But mm-hmm. yeah, of course, there's like other elements to it that makes it a little bit shittier. But I do like um that like yeah they did kind of just throw themselves into some of these fight scenes and that's kind of the best part of like all of these movies right is mm-hmm. fight scenes yeah because when you're watching yeah, you're not Punisher, you want the violence you do mm-hmm. and put a pin in that when we talk about three because that's i think it maybe doesn't work as well as it does in this movie oh yeah but uh we'll find out what we all think on that mm-hmm. okay well that it's- was not a- it's hard to think of other things to say about this movie. It's was, not as bad as I thought it would be, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's not an extensive conversation, but I think that might be it, it for that one. So the Thomas Jane film, I remember in, yeah. intending to go see and then just never seeing. And so whenever Warzone came along, I just, I hadn't seen the previous one. So I go see the new one. I know they're not connected. Don't talk to me that way, but I can't do it. Um, so seeing it now was, was, was a first time viewing for me. And this is the one where I thought they really tried to key into the emotion and drama and heart of the character to whatever success we'll discuss as we go along. Um, but I think that's what they were trying to do because, they don't just like in, in the Lundgren film, they, they randomly flash back to his origin story mm-hmm. uh, here. You get to know his family. You get to see oh, the, every member. Yeah. The idyllic relationship he has with his, with his spouse. Um, and it's yeah. just like, we are going to take your heart and wrench it into pieces in just a few minutes. Just wait, hold on. Uh, and then they do. Yeah, because here they tease it like they might get away to you. Um, mm-hmm. That I, was probably the best part of the movie was, that's a horrible thing to say, the best part of the movie is when his entire family was gunned down. Yeah, that was the most emotional part of the movie for me. They definitely made it be more of a surprise than it should be in a Punisher story, right? Which is like, I mean, to the benefit of the film, they made it be kind of a surprise that it actually goes down like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, 
I always get kind of annoyed whenever they like put all of this energy into building a past with somebody and then they're like, oh, and then she just, yeah, she was just gunned down by his enemies. Like, <laughs> that's the end. And I'm like, I just got attached to her. Like, you don't have to do that to me. Like, you can right. just like do what the other movies do and have her See. be dead a long time ago. And like, I don't have to become attached and then become attached to a new character <laughs> like, mm-hmm. in the span of one movie. Like, give me a break. It's too much. So I felt like it kind of like overpacks it a little bit. She's kind of a badass in that runaway scene though. Like when yeah. she's trying to get away, she like, she does everything she can. Like she almost makes it like her and her kid. And it, it's definitely it it's like you can't not really be affected by it i guess in some way because it is pretty tragic to see but then i was also thinking in the back of my mind they just ripped off road warrior right there right <laughs> uh, it did kind of diminish it a little bit even though that, that was still a good scene mm-hmm. but it's been done it's definitely been done and it really doesn't it just draws it out too much i think for a punisher movie because it's like no we know like, well, yeah, they the just turned it to 11. Let's not just not only let's kill his wife and kid, but let's really draw it out and make it seem like he can get away. And let's kill his uncles and his aunts and his cousins. And oh, his my nephews God, and, I know. And everybody the whole. It's, and they're it's, all at a birthday party. It's like if, if a Peter Parker origin involved a 10 <laughs> right. minute slaying of Uncle Ben. Right. Not not just shoot him and he's gone, but like he tries to get away. He tries to save May. you know, all this other stuff. And that, no, he slowly bleeds out. You watch his eyes, get, you know, just all that stuff. And it is, it is a bit much. And it's not random anymore either, which I don't know if that matters or not, but that I believe the original Punisher was just a random encounter, which adds something, right? It does because add something. It's now, like, now it's like you have no control over your life at any time, anywhere. Some bad person could kill you or kill yeah. your family. Which Whereas this where one, it was his, like his fault. Yeah. Kind of. Pretty directly, yeah, because it's like he's definitely pushing all of these people that are eventually going to strike back at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I didn't buy the black hair on this guy either. Which, by the way, did he ever even (laughs) did he ever even talk about how it's his fault? Like, that's kind of a big deal. No, not really. Like, uh, that's kind of the thing. Blame on himself, did he? They really set up some things and then were like, "Mm -mm." it's a little bit I, I I would consider a little bit of a discussion because. On his end, he's doing his job. They are bad yeah. people doing bad things, and he is trying to stop them. And the fact that the kid dies in his line of duty is – is and, and I, I realize discussions about police violence are a thing, and I'm not trying to, to comment on any of that. But it is unintentional and accidental in everything that's going on, and he gets very heavily blamed for it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's – I don't know. This one, like, to me, the reason I say this is my least favorite, and I don't hate any of them. They were all watchable. They're I've all seen Punisher stories, I've, yeah. Yeah, I've all seen this one. But this one, the, that's my point, maybe. This one feels least like the Punisher to me because mm-hmm. of all this, like, I'm going to play mind games with the bad guy business. Yeah. Like, like, I'm sorry, Punisher just, not that he's not smart, but his idea of a strategy is to show up at the front door with a bazooka. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. all this whole manipulation. Letting this guy to kill his wife and his best friend and wahaha and all that. Like, that seemed more like, um, what's that Denzel Washington guy? Uh, I can't even remember now. It's a remake. Denzel Washington, like, helps people by using his awesome special forces powers and stuff like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The Equalizer. Thank oh. you. <laughs> Thanks for the help. It seemed more like the equalizer to me in a way. I mean, yeah, in the end, he finally starts killing people, but like, there's just so much manipulation and the strategy. manipulation angle is so boring. Too, yeah, it because it's is. like all he has to do is like push this guy him. with like his finger, and this guy like spirals and kills his family and friends, and like, mm. I mean, it's like, yeah, exactly. Just go kill him. He's such a boring villain. Like John Travolta is not great. <laughs> not great it's pretty one-dimensional yeah and it's just the character is so boring he tries i guess but like it just doesn't come across well he's very flat and just every every step that the punisher takes is very much like why is he going to all this trouble he could literally just go kill this guy just put an arrow in this guy's head idea of him like tormenting him over a period of time is very not the punisher for sure is this the one where he had the um, the house with the neighbors, like the uh, Garth Ennis comic, or is that the other one? It's this one. I I think yeah, it was in the Garth Ennis 
comic, and it is in this one, there's some slight nods in the next one, but it's also like maybe more a nod to this movie than it is to the comics at that point. Right. Um, this movie takes the popsicle idea from, I think, popsicle. the popsicle the slash blowtorch guy who he hits in the face with oh, the grease yeah. pan, uh, Spacker Dave. Yeah, the big giant that he has to fight is from Garth Ennis, I think. Yeah, uh, but not the cool neighbors. polar bear scene <laughs> where like they he just drops that mob boss to a polar bear or whatever. Uh, yeah, they couldn't oh, put that yeah. in this one. That wouldn't have worked. Because so that it's like it's like they're taking elements from that Garth Ennis thing, but Garth Ennis his storyline was not an origin story, and it wasn't like this. Uh, goofy, like he didn't. It's like he did some planning in that comic arc and yeah. like brought them down by planning but it still is full violence at every turn like he's definitely not like trying to go Svengali on the situation like pulling right. strings from the shadows it's like I don't know man but like the point it seemed like I don't know I don't know what the point is maybe that's the problem I had like those neighbors like what is the point of this part is it to see how close we can get to Frank being saved by these common people and find yeah. a new family. Like, that's what it seemed like they were going for. But it's like, it's too soon for that. Like, that's that should be uh, Punisher 2004 Part 2 mm-hmm. or something. Well, like, see, see, part see if we is... can have salvation. But, like, he's he's not going to find salvation in the first movie where his entire family's gunned down at a birthday party. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's I not going to happen. It's the first movie in the story. But do you think that, like, they're playing into the fact that, well, Punisher has been around. Punisher is a movie people know. And so we can tell other kinds of stories. I yeah. don't know. I mean, the only other Punisher was the 1989 film that apparently was universally panned and never released in theater. So mm-hmm. if you're going to do a first, this, this was supposed to be the first of a new series, the first of a new reboot or whatever, you know? So I don't know. It just seemed like, I don't, I don't dislike watching the Punisher um, beat up crappy boyfriends. That's actually quite fun. But in terms of overall story, it's like making me scratch my chin going, why are we doing this? Uh, and I also hate how it's always like the redeemability of the guy is always based on like the woman almost encounters violence and like it's yeah. always like just has to be saved and it's like just really annoying. And I, I also was like, come on, we like love this actor. It would have been really cool to see her do more than she gets to do here, of mm-hmm. course. But that's like a that's, common. I know. It's freaking right? mystique, right? Exactly. She could do better. I was yeah. like, and why is it a love story again? Like, what exactly? Yeah. And then, because she's literally fleeing from her abusive ex. And I always like, date the bad guys. Okay. And then, like, <laughs> yeah, she's, like, just, there's that scene where he's, like, walking out of the apartment. And she's, like, sitting on the ground. But she has, like, her legs, like, all, like, in a sexy pose and stuff. And I'm like, is that really the vibe right now? I just feel like the bad parts of comics sometimes get translated because also of course there's like always, there's always like objectification in films as well. But like, I was definitely like, yeah, this looks like a comic scene where like the woman is like battered, but sexy or whatever. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, man, I just, I'm glad she got that paycheck. I respect her, but I'm also just like, it would have been really cool if like we could have just done other things with that character and the dudes. Like I thought that both of those characters really were, could have been entertaining. Um, But yeah, it did kind of fall flat. Right. Cause it was like, it's, him it's getting tortured lesson. and not not revealing anything. It's like all that had no payoff, really. Like, or, what's the point? It's literally because yeah. people see somebody with piercings in their face and they're like, I'm going to use that. We're going to do the thing yeah. where we pull the piercings out. It's like there's just a lot of, like, shortcuts that they took in this movie that kind of annoy me. It's kind of like they're trying to make him heroic. So they give him a couple people, to, three people to save here and there. Right. And they stand something. up for him, even though they... they Okay, so I like him standing up for them, and even though he doesn't really have a, you know, reason to, but it's true that he doesn't really have a reason to stand up for the Punisher. There's nothing, there's nothing that has drawn him to value the Punisher so far above his own health and safety, other than except, you know, the fact that he's a human being, but I don't know. That's not the vibe I felt like they were going for. This wasn't humanist. This was, we have to save the Punisher. Also, why did they, like, leave those guys alive? Like, that was kind of the thing, too, right? Is, like, we're supposed to be really scared of these guys, and all they did was pull this guy's piercings out? Like, aren't 
they like murderers and then oh my god of course that guy being gay was like super weird like the way that they played it but then like i had just it's like when you come off of the first movie where like they use like the f slur a bunch of times mm-hmm. um and then you watch this movie and you're like so one was in 89 and the other was in 2004 and like weirdly the 2004 one seems like a little bit more homophobic even though like the first one actually has like slurs in it i don't know that I was liked uh, what's I always like that guy though. What's his name? Uh, the Will Patton. Will Patton, the guy playing the gay guy. Yeah, he's cool. Um, he's a good actor. That scene. That scene when like it's really awkward scene when like he can't tell how far uh, uh, what's his face is gonna mm. go. Mm-hmm. And then like he gets the first stab and it's like okay now I'm taking this seriously what the hell is going on and then it's too late and he's dead but I that was kind of dramatic and cool but that was actually a pretty good death scene because it was just proving that this guy has completely no lost idea. his right. shit you know like he has no idea what he's doing at this point he's stabbing his best friend to death just because yeah, he like, like why are you, why are you killing me I yeah don't like don't do this and then his <laughs> wife. <laughs> who I also just gets totally, tossed off the bridge. I love that actor. And I was just like, once again, if you're going to like make her be this kind of evil character, I just wish she had way more to do because I just think that you like threw them away. I, I wish that there was just more of her and more of uh, Rebecca Romaine too. And maybe like a lot less of the family stuff at the beginning, but also no John Travolta. Like I would really change a lot of things about this movie. I, I don't know. About, I mean, I've seen John Travolta do good things. So it's really a lot more about what they gave him. I think Sometimes, like he, yeah. he could have been a, a scary person if he wanted right. to be, but uh, they just didn't give him anything that wasn't one dimensional and stupid sounding. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like that time of like, I don't know. There's times where he really does play like characters. So, so, so flat. And yeah, that's true. This is one of those times for sure. Well, it's all about choices. And apparently he's not great at choices sometimes, but because mm-hmm. I went to the theater to see that damn battlefield earth. So I'm never going to forgive him for that one. But anyway, <laughs> that was like three hours of my life. I'll never get back. Yeah. for um, real. The other scene that I really like in this movie, but does not fit with this movie at all was when he fought the big dude. Um, just yeah. cause it was so comical, but like that just w- was a really weird tone compared to the rest of the film. Yeah. It's better with the next like, one. Like it didn't even fit at all, but it was just amusing and I enjoy watching it, but it's like, it's like a Bugs Bunny cartoon or something. Yeah. Which fits way more with the comic that it comes from. Right. Like that's kind of the thing is, is yeah, they because try to, toy around with uh in his stuff it's like they just don't like as much as that guy is writing can really annoy me like it also still always has like its punchlines down really well Mm -hmm. so it's like the fact that they uh they did it but then they timed it all wrong and (laughs) kind of like he's good at making violence funny well yeah or he thinks he finds humor in violence i guess is how right so i think that's what they were going for but i also think that garth ennis I could be wrong. Maybe it was a different storyline, but there were like two other dudes pretending to be pun- a Punisher or wanting yeah. to be a Punisher. Yeah, yeah. And so that added to the drama and the mix. It was the and next then, story, I think. And then in the end, he guns all those dudes down, which was kind yeah. of fun. But uh, that one has, was actually pretty fun. Uh, maybe that was a different one. Yeah. Um, it's just the follow up because they did like, that series and then like they did the follow up series to it because it was a successful run. So I just think this movie of the three had had was kind of all, I don't know, like just didn't have that Punisher feel for me, probably because of all the shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Thomas Jane of the three is the least dark. Yeah. So, you know, like I don't feel, I don't buy his uh, dead inside. Maybe it's because it's supposed to be brand new or something, but, but uh, yeah, the other two were way darker. He works in the beginning whenever he is being charming guy, mm-hmm. because I feel yeah. like that's more his thing. And that is not, Frank Castle's thing even before like if you read any of the comics it's like there's never really a time when you would have wanted to hang out with Frank Castle like oh really he's never I had the impression that he was he was a decent guy before a all of decent this. guy but not a fun guy he was still like okay. ex-marines and yeah shit. Like, ex-marines seen everything in Vietnam super yeah if, if you know how to kill a guy 20 different ways with a knife you're probably not fun to hang out with exactly maybe. I don't know. You, are you saying I'm not hung to f- fun to hang out with? Is that what you're saying? You only know 19 ways. Don't even get all. I'm working on it. <laughs> I have this book. Yeah. Um, Punisher bought the book. <laughs> Punisher wrote the book. <laughs> but that said, now, I don't know if we want to keep talking about this movie, but 
Thomas Jane, I think, went on record as saying this isn't the Punisher movie he wanted to have. Sure. Yeah. And okay. I've seen him and I've heard him in interviews and he's all Mr. Manly Man. I want the old days when guys could punch people and stuff. You know, that's mm. what he wants, right? He likes those movies, which, you know, so do I. So that's okay. <laughs> but then they made did you guys watch it? They made Dirty Laundry, which was like three whole seconds on YouTube or something. Mm mm. It's a sequel to this, kind of. Only in the fact that Thomas Jane plays Punisher again. I think it's a fan made thing. I don't think it's oh. Really? Right. I think I've heard about this. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, Somebody sent me a link, and I meant to watch it. Now that you're mentioning it, so, I remember getting a link. I'm not saying you're missing anything. You guys can watch it later. Literally, it's like 10 minutes, and it's got uh, it's got Ron Perlman in it, so that alone is worth it. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, but it's basically him playing Punisher again, but now he's full-blown Punisher, and he's doing his laundry, and then all this crime is happening across the street. And instead of just going over there and killing everybody, he like watches it and talks to Ron Perlman for 20 minutes about <laughs> life. Like while this lady is getting raped and beaten. Oh my God. And all this stuff. Like he's just watching. And then in the end, he finally goes over there with a beer bottle or something or a, uh, a, I don't know, a Jack Daniels bottle and beats up all the bad guys like badly, like with major violence. Cause that's what Thomas Jane wanted. He wanted more violence. He's like, I just, it's like, it would have been fine if he held people accountable, but only after, like, they tortured this woman. <laughs> like, So, yeah. So then he goes over there and he rips all their faces off with the beer, with this bottle that never seems to break. And then he, like, pours the guy with alcohol that did the raping. And then he hands the his lighter to the girl who got raped and she sets him on fire and he goes back to doing his laundry. And that's the plot. And it's like, that's oh. supposed to be a better Punisher movie. But that one infuriates me even more because, like, no way my Punisher just sits there and watches crap like no, that happen. of course not no, no he'll he, if it's especially that's something that Dolph Lundgren did pretty well actually is that he will throw his body at people because yeah. he does not care what happens to him watch a woman be assaulted by a gang or whatever yeah like, no way the only thing that makes Punisher even remotely okay as a character is is that he wouldn't do that right like right. so if you've never seen it out there, or you guys, you should watch it because, you know, it's five, ten minutes, whatever. Kind of interesting, but I think it's a big fat failure, even though they were trying to make, like, the ultimate Punisher short. Hmm. He's darker because it's more violent, and he's not dealing with neighbors anymore. But I like the neighbors. I don't think there's any skull or anything because, again, I don't think it's official. Uh, it's like a thing he put together with some friends. So they probably can't use the skull. Right. Although people can. But he was also just doing laundry, so why would he have the skull on anyway? He's washing that shirt, you're right. (laughs) He doesn't go around at the laundromat with full Punisher regalia, probably. But (laughs) Anyway, so it's a follow-up to 2004, both of which are not successful, in my opinion. So, not in a bad way, but this is the one that I describe as Punisher as a cartoon. Yeah. So, Punisher Warzone is in my mind, way, way more over the top uh-huh. than anything they had done before. Uh-huh. Um, to pretty amazing effect, but it took me a little bit to get used to the new tone. Because I watched these in the space of, like, you know, three days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have Dolph Lundgren, you have Thomas Jane, and then you have this. And it's like, okay, this Hyper-violence. <laughs> like, right. And Surreal. I love the fact that, like, this movie was made by a martial artist, right? Like, Lexi Alexander, the person who directed this, she is a trained martial artist and has done tournaments and everything. And so watching the energy that she brings to these action sequences is wild because it's just a completely different realm. And there is no shying away from the actual blood and guts of what it looks like for this stuff to happen right like they're like mm-hmm. just they go all out in this movie <laughs> like I, I i had not paid attention to the director's name and i didn't realize it was lexi alexander um i just heard an interview with her on supergirl radio because of an early supergirl episode that she directed mm-hmm. um so yeah okay cool yeah she uh has done some pretty interesting work as a director. And this was one where she it got completely panned. People blacklisted her for this movie. There was so many problems. And uh, her career really took a huge hit. And she really hasn't been like given the chance of directing something this big again. But she also calls out a lot of things in Hollywood and like all of that. Mm. And a lot of people like follow her wow, because of her Twitter. Wow, she is female, and- so what is she even trying to succeed for? 
<laughs> in Hollywood. And she's like, karate chop. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, she basically just, I mean, just the, to me, that's something where uh, sometimes you can just tell that somebody took extra care in a movie. And I feel like this is one of those ones where it's like, yes, clearly this is somebody who has talked extensively with stunt doubles has experienced injuries in fights like you know all of those things so i think that that added such a degree of realism even to the more over-the-top scenes right Mm -hmm. that's how i felt have you guys heard Patton of Patton oswald course yes he talks a lot about this movie right he loves this movie it's his greatest movie of all time he was so excited about it and he did a podcast interview with her on how did this get made oh dang Um, so if you guys never listened to that i remember listening to it and thinking it was pretty good but she talks about the violence and why she chose to be so over the top with it and Mm -hmm. um do i remember what her answer was kind of something like well it's the punisher yeah, so and at no the point do I need to take this seriously. <laughs> like the last one, you know, it was a cartoon. Like the last one, we see these violent, as you said, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon almost at certain points with the violence. And I feel like there's such a detachment, right? Because I think a lot of people are like, yeah, let's have him be violent. That would be badass. Whereas somebody who literally fights for a living would be like fighting is hard and terrible. And that's why I also really love Ray Stevenson in the role because he's kind of this mm-hmm. older jaded yeah. version of the Punisher who's been at this for a long time and is yeah. done. And you just see like the PTSD in every move that he makes through this entire movie. And I think that there's just something really important about that. So I liked this because I think that it has more commentary on what it actually means to be the Punisher. So Mm -hmm. that to me is why this is one of the most successful Punisher stories, because it's kind of like, okay, well, what happens to Dolph Lundgren in five years? You know, like that guy's trying to die already. What happens? Yeah five, ten years down the line, and it's like, if he's still alive, he's Ray Stevenson in this movie, <laughs> like, basically. I kind of like how Ray, I mean, he definitely had the dead eye thing going, too, and but I like that he was, like, not out of shape, but not, like, sitting there, um, um, you know, naked like in the first five <laughs> seconds, you know. Yeah, because it's, like, also, he, like he a has guy. a bunch of guns. He's strapped. He doesn't yeah. have to be, like, He kind of just seemed pack. like a guy. Which yeah. Was he was, yeah, he was very much just a guy in his appearance. Uh, obviously a very talented guy when it comes to killing, but yeah. Those or, and I really like, here's the thing that's weird, like, I don't know, I was saying in the first movie, like, I kind of like that. Both of them kind of have cheese ball action. Somehow I'm more forgiving. I don't know, I'm not saying I hate this one, but like the the action and the overall story blend better in the first one just because the entire thing is 80s cheesy. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, like, there were definitely scenes that I thought were all heart. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I can't even, like, when he's interacting with that little girl and showing her, showing her the case with, like, her his dead daughter's stuff. And I'm just like, oh, my I God. See. And then yeah. five seconds later, he's punching a kid and the guy's head explodes like watermelon. And it's like, yeah, OK. I mean, I don't know. You get used to it, but it is a little jarring at first. Because the first opening scene is like he reaches out and rips someone's head off their shoulder. Like literally. Epic violence through this entire movie. Rips it right off. (laughs) It's scene after scene after scene of truly epic violence. Like Jigsaw is created right in front of our face. Like this is. That was intense. Wild, wild, painful to watch many times. But once again, yeah, that's to me, it's like we never see that side of it, right? Like everybody's always just like action movies, explosions, guns, and like movies. And then it's like this movie is like. Okay, but what is what would that entail? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, and then also, yeah, as you say, there are moments that are all all heart, like that little girl in his relationship and the way that uh-huh. he like looks at her. You can just tell that he just can. It's like the amount of pain that he's in all of the time is just written right on his face. And will, will she those, get mad if I play with it? Oh my god! But it's also like, like how upset he gets about realizing he killed a police officer. It was pretty mm-hmm. powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, even like, you know, seeing Microship's mom dead was like, oh, right. just gut wrenching, you know, like she didn't survive. Yeah. Um, those guys were bastards. Anyway. Serious. I love that it was just like Punisher at the most extremes of all of the emotions that you are supposed to feel. Like, I don't 
it's like last movie they tried to go so hard on building that like arc with the wife and stuff and it's just like i don't know i do think that he's a it's like i don't really want to see as much as normally i would be like yeah bring the woman into the goddamn story sometime here it's like I don't no, really want to know exactly because by default she's not going to make it. So and and the, she's she's going to die of extremely violent death. The, and, the more you get to know her, the more it becomes a uh, refrigerated character, basically. And yeah, also, it's like know. it doesn't matter because she still deserves our sympathy, right? Like she died in right. a horribly violent way, and it's like so. What we need for the story is not to see her be traumatized, not to see her be killed, but it's like we need to see. As much as, like, it totally is, like, oh, yeah, fridging or something. But it's also more complicated than that because it's, like, this is a man who's lived with this for a long time now. And to me, that's a much more compelling story than, like, last movie where it was, like, epic death. And then, like, but maybe something with Rebecca Romaine. Like, I mean, we'll who see. could turn her down? Yeah. That's did this true. Movie, Don't get me this, wrong. Did this movie even flashback at all? It didn't, right? Not, yeah, not that I'm aware of. Like, Very I think briefly, that it, I, Oh, dude, there was, okay. there was a bit with him at a picnic. And okay. it's mostly told through him interacting with other people, which once again is something that I think is really deft storytelling. So I don't know. This is definitely a lot of extremes. If you're violent, adverse or blood adverse <laughs> in any way, I'm well, definitely first of all, why like, are you watching the Punisher? Don't watch right? this. Don't watch right? this. But I also think that there's something really complicated about it. Like, there's something where it's not just a glorification of violence. It's honestly kind of a condemnation of it, because though he has to do this, it is the end of him. He will not be able to live forever. Like, he is on a death wish. And there isn't, it's like as much as he gets resolution, he's like, how do you walk away from this life? You know, like... Mm -hmm how would you heal from something like this? He has been spending like years at war with the criminal element. And, you know, a lot of people who he cared about have just been cannon fodder in that battle. So it's it, to me, like I said, I just think that it is really complicated and that was why. And I just loved the performances. I think that there was more nuance in the interpersonal scenes than there usually is in a Punisher movie. There was a lot of things I liked about this one. Yeah. I, um, with this one, to me, it was all about the um, his interactions with the other characters. I what's the name of the actor who plays the microchip guy in this? Uh, Newman. He's from si yeah Newman. He's from Seinfeld. He's from Jurassic Park. He's that guy. Wayne and, Knight. Yeah. Then he just shows up in this, and he's older, but he's still the exact same guy. Um, there are occasional comedic beats. Oh he's, yeah. The Punisher walks out, and he's like, "Okay, three. Go ahead and open up the guns. He'll be right back. Three, two, and he walks in, and uh, yeah." That was pretty great. Because he kind of guilted him into helping. So I hadn't really thought about, Sarah, some of the things you were saying, because like I said, with the second one, I felt like that was the one that was trying to get to the heart of the Punisher as a as a person. But the way you're describing it is like this one actually gets to the heart of his story in ways that aren't that don't revel in the they don't revel in the trauma, but right. they live in the PTSD from the trauma. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And I think that that's what I like about Punisher stories. To me, that was what is cool about Punisher is whenever you whenever he is a justification for violence and stuff or whenever you see hyper violence without really any repercussions because it's oh, it's just those people that died and they were really bad guys. So we don't have to worry about that. But one shot, they're gone, you know, barely any blood, if any blood, you know, all of those kind of things. I feel like there's a hesitance to come face to face with, as I said before, the after effects of violence and what that actually does to a person. Um, so the kind of Punisher stories I like are the ones where Punisher is truly struggling in a way that isn't necessarily easy to condense or parody or like make a joke out of. Right. Because in a, like Ennis's run, all jokes, even though you oh, see somebody who's like God. very angry and embittered, there really is not a more serious undertone to it at any point. Like it's not even really no. about his family at that point. It's just, why do you do it? Cause I hate them. Yeah. It's like, well, that's pretty simplistic. It yeah. is simplistic. I did not feel that this movie was simple. I didn't think that it no. made it be digestible. And I think maybe that was to its overall 
fault in many people's eyes, <laughs> but for me, I just loved it. I think that this is one of my favorite. It's certainly my favorite Punisher movie, but one of my favorite comic book movies, because as I say, there's just, there's no simple resolution here. And I always prefer that in a story. Not that ratings matter, but isn't it funny that all three of these movies that couldn't be more different are 29% on Rotten Tomatoes? They're all like 28, 29%. Yeah. (laughs) What the heck? Exactly the same amount of people loved and hated them. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's the same people who love and hate the Punisher. I wonder. Yeah. So without getting into a lot of detail, because we didn't watch it for this show, but I'm just curious, how does the Netflix TV show Punisher compare to these in y'all's estimation? I first of all, I have a problem with the Netflix Marvel stuff, because to me, it always seems way too drawn out. Like the beginning is always interesting. The end is always interesting. And the middle is always just fluff after fluff after fluff. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the case of the Punisher, I can't even really remember the plot. I think I remember liking. Has there two seasons? I remember mm-hmm. liking two seasons. the second season better. But in both cases, I just kept thinking, Shh, if he ain't the Punisher by now, when what's going to make him the Punisher? You know, <laughs> like. I think by the end of the second season, he still wasn't the Punisher. He's just a dude going around on the road, mm-hmm. not wanting to get involved. And it's like, how long is this going to take? You know, it should have been his wife and kids, and that's it. The end. Sure. Yeah, uh, I like the Punisher series a lot, but it, the actor's once it, cool. The actor is really cool, isn't he? He's a good Punisher. Yeah. I think he fits mm-hmm. into this like this run of Punishers. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think that he's the natural progression because he kind of reminds me of a mix of all of them a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think that he plays it really well. I love that they try to flesh out the other characters a little bit more and give him more of a dynamic with other people. I think that his stories really succeed when they do that, like Warzone does. Um, and I guess to a, like to some extent, the other two would do as well. But I like that they develop this supporting cast. I appreciate that the the idea behind the show doesn't seem to be something that was trying to inspire the level of like alt-right identification that has been found with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like they were pretty no. strongly against that. And yeah. I respect the fact that even after they're like, you're a bunch of fools, like you, this is bad. Like Punisher would not be down with any of this uh-huh. because that's true. That's like what we were just talking about, like that short film, right? Where it's like, no, Punisher, there's certain things that he can't stand. And that's why we like him. I thought the show was good he would, at establishing he would definitely that. hate people misusing and appropriating his persona. For sure. Mm-hmm. And he would, yeah. He might want to watch out if you try and do that because, you know, he might come for you. Any glorification of who he is, he, ab- no, well, he yeah. actively battles against, even in his worst stories. So I appreciate that about the character. Like, don't be like me, kids. You don't want to be me. Yeah. You'll just grow up to be a Punisher and there's already a Punisher. Feels like there's some weird thematic overlay with Batman when it comes to the Punisher. But it's like Batman is the superhero version of this Uh idea. And hates Punisher. Yeah. And Punisher is the, okay, but this is what it would actually be like if you were really embittered and trying to, you know, it's almost like somebody read Batman comics and tried to make a new comic in the 80s. Right. Totally. Um, I mean, let's face it. Batman makes no sense, really, if you think about it. Like, I don't believe in the justice system, so I'm going to dress up as a vigilante and turn people over to the justice system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and Punisher's like, I don't believe in the justice system. I'm going to dress up like a vigilante and take care of it myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Moon Knight's a little bit like that, too. Right. So, like, I think during like that, what, early to mid 70s, there was also a lot of like, but what if Batman were slightly more of a jerk? And it's yeah. like, well, he'd be more of a jerk. You win. But they have encountered each other. There was a Punisher Batman yep. crossover and Batman did not like the Punisher and prevented Punisher from killing Joker. Did you all, also, that's hit, were, did you huh? read the Hitman series where uh, Batman and Hitman teamed up? But Hitman was kind of like the chill, <laughs> like stoner dude version of, um, of Punisher. Like he's not driven by vengeance. He's just kind of a Hitman. Um, and him and Batman also had a fun. Did not get along. And then there was uh, Avengers JLA. Mm-hmm. Um, and the JLA first show up in the Marvel Universe, and Batman says, nobody interfere, we're just observing, we don't know what's going on, why we're here, and they're observing, and they observe the Punisher killing people, and Batman beats him up. And they're <laughs> like, hey, I thought you said we weren't supposed to interfere. Shut up. 
Yeah. Be <laughs> quiet. He, just couldn't, he couldn't take seeing an evil version of himself, I guess. Right. Yeah. Batman. Okay. Punisher. Punisher. So, we did it. What What's the next 80s monster person we're supposed to cover? That's it. Masters of the Universe. We said oh, this earlier. Oh, that's right. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is uh, relevancy time again. We have actual MCU content being released. So uh, next month, we're going to be here to talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Speaking of jerky jerks. <laughs> so, um, you know, when we did WandaVision, I think we were the 703rd podcast about mm. WandaVision that was released. So, you know, there's gonna be a lot of, there's gonna be a lot of Falcon Winter Soldier talk out there. Uh not to mention all the podcasts that are already doing like weekly episodes talking about it. But hey, you want the make ours Marvel stamp on it. So right? that, that's what we're here for. <laughs> um alrighty. So until next month, um, Sarah, what are you up to? Oh where can they find whoa. your stuff? We're doing the pre-orders for Decoded Pride, which is the queer short story anthology that I do with S.E., who I co-host Bitches on Comics with. And they and I and Monica Estrella Negra, who sometimes guests on Bitches on Comics, we're putting together this anthology. Right now, we are heavily in the editing process and will be for about the next month and a half until it debuts in June. So you can pre-order. That super helps us a bunch because we are an independent publisher. We pay everybody and we pay out of pocket. So any pre-sells we can do truly saves our life. And then you get a PDF at the end. It's like a story every single day of Pride by a different queer creator and then a PDF all at the end. So you can read all of the stories, whichever way works the best for you. Um, No print yet, but, you know, sometime, hopefully. Hopefully. Oh, and check that out at <laughs> decodedpride.com, of course. And otherwise, of course, always at Sarah Century Twitter. And you're writing over at the uh, comic book realm? Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. Comic wow, you sound really happy about that. Comic I'm, Herald. I'm sorry, that's the word. I, I apologize. I am truly overworked to a wild degree right now. <laughs> so trying to remember what I write, I'm just like, yeah, I did totally just write earlier an article for them for sure. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I do a few articles every month for Comic Book Herald. Uh, very recently, I think I wrote about aliens. I'm guessing that that is either up or will be up soon. A lot of times I've covered uh, the various Marvel omnibuses that they have been releasing. So that's been a thing. You can definitely look up my writing over there because those are long and uh, kind of detailed pieces covering these like kind of massive stories. Like I talked about Michael Morbius omnibus, which is like his first appearance is all collected in one. Um, There was a Moon Knight one that was like the early days of that. I did like the X-Force road trip era. Like there's a whole bunch of them that I've done and then a bunch of like best of character overviews. So, yeah, that's something (laughs) that make our Marvel uh, make ours Marvel fans might enjoy because it is all comic stuff also best oh, of I martian did, manhunter i did Mar- best of martian manhunter which is one of my favorite characters and um i just this i believe this week i'm being featured for the first time in panel by panel because i wrote a s- article that was about isabel rubin from um from love and rockets and i'm really excited to see that come up because that magazine is a digital comic book magazine comic criticism magazine beautiful Really cool editor. I always love the writing in that magazine. So pick that up as well if you get the chance. All right. And um, we have our usual stuff. We're on the Twitters. Uh, Mike is Kaiser the Great. I am John Reads Comics. The show is Make Ours Marvel on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, go hit us up. Give us a follow. Write us a review on your favorite podcatcher. And we will be back next month with Sarah to talk about Falcon Winter Soldier. And we'll be back next week. Hey, forget next week. We're on there right now on a parallel episode on this week's release talking about Marvel Silver Age comics. So go check that out. Yep. Okay. Um, I never know what to say at the end. So I'm just going to say thanks for listening, everybody. Farewell. (laughs) Bye.